Hello. Welcome to the Cherry Becker GovCon podcast. My name is Eric Poppy. I'm a senior manager in our government contract services group. I'm here with Bryn McNeil, uh, one of our assurance partners who focuses on government contracts, government contractors. Uh, so Bryn, today we were hoping that we could talk a little bit about single audits and program audits. Uh, recently, we've had a few of our clients that are for-profit have their provisional and final rates been held up and reviewed by the government because all of a sudden they're told that they have to have a compliance audit. And they've come to us and been like, what the heck? We're a for-profit. We thought this is for grants and nonprofits." So they came to, again, to us for some advice on what is this and some guidance. So I was hoping that we could discuss briefly what is the requirement for a single audit first and um, how is that different from a program audit? Sure. So, Juan, thanks for having me. Certainly happy to be here and talk more about this as we're, see- we're certainly seeing more traction in this. Um, so, you know, generally speaking, when we talk about a single audit or any compliance audit, we're usually thinking in the nonprofit world. So it seemed to be a little unusual to some folks saying, well, hey, I'm a for-profit entity. How do I all of a sudden need a single audit or a compliance audit? I'm really confused. Um, But essentially, there are certain agencies that have come out and said, you know, if you have federal awards um, or grants um, with specific agencies and those expenditures from those grants or awards exceed $750,000, you are now required to do a program-specific audit or compliance audit um, for these, these certain agencies. Okay. Uh, so what would, you know, normally for a financial statement audit, that's required from board of directors, bank covenants, so on. How, how is this different than a regular financial statement audit? Sure. So like you mentioned, a lot of companies um, typically need to get either their financial statements audited or reviewed as a result of a bank covenant that's coming out from if they have a line or if they're looking to sell down the road. Um, Some organizations, especially in the nonprofit world, just have audits because the Board of Governance requires such an audit. However, these compliance audits are not necessarily requirements in addition to the financial statement audit. So companies can have a program-specific audit or a compliance audit done um, as well as a financial statement audit or completely independent of a financial statement audit. So a couple of examples that um, we've seen recently, um, the Department of Energy, so DOE, and then the National Institute of Health, NIH, each of those have very specific compliance supplements that they've put out there, and they specifically outline the respective requirements to have these audits and also kind of what they're looking for. So there is very specific guidance depending on the agency. Um, As an example, NIH, if you look at the regulation and provisions of 45 CFR 75.507, you'll see the very specific compliance requirements that they've put out in their supplement. Okay. Well, that's good to know. So if a compliance audit, if you have to get a compliance audit, what type of deliverable report do you receive? Sure. So um, kind of what most for-profit entities are used to seeing is a full financial statement audit that would entail both the opinion and then your financial statements and your footnotes. And it's it's similar in this sense when we're doing these single audits and these compliance audits. Um, you would have an opinion from, um, you know, Cherry Beckard would have the opinion letter in there, and that's really the only piece of the deliverables that are ours. And the rest are truly um, the the company's financial statements, but they would The financial statement would be a single statement that is really just um, the schedule of expenditures of federal awards or the CFA. 
There's a few notes. The notes are way more condensed than what you're used to seeing in a financial statement audit. Um, there's also a report on the internal control environment. And then the final piece of that is if there are any findings or question costs that come up as a result of the audit that we report, um, there's a summary of those findings or question costs. Or in a great scenario, it's a page that says none noted and there are no question costs. So it's much more of a condensed version in the sense of deliverables, but you still do have that opinion and a statement, footnotes, report on internal control, and then the schedule of findings or question costs. Okay. Um, so only just one last question. So if I'm a contractor for profit and I have grants and contracts, both of these, this is something that I have to worry about, correct? Absolutely. So if you have a grant with um, any agency, especially like we mentioned, just a couple of examples, the DOE or NIH, and then you have federal expenditures exceeding that 750 threshold in any given fiscal year, then absolutely, you probably are triggering um, this compliance audit and would absolutely want to look into having some additional work performed. Okay. Well, thank you. Um, well, that's all we have today, y'all. Uh, thank you for joining and look forward to y'all joining for the next GovCon podcast. Thank you.